Well, welcome everybody to Dropping Keys, conversations and insights about life, leadership, love, and whatever else we get into. I'm Joel Morgan, your host and the head of Key Exploration. I'm a professional coach, facilitator, and inspirational speaker who moves people and organizations forward by focusing on leadership, mindset, and self-mastery. What you're listening to now is an A volume, an extension of the previous conversation where I dive deeper into one or more of the keys dropped. In this case, a compliment to volume 22, my conversation with Bridget Boudreaux. This is volume 22A. But let me back up just a second. Dropping Keys is a poem by Hafez, a 14th century mystic and poet, and it's the jumping point and the centerpiece of this podcast. Here it is. The small man builds cages for everyone he knows, while the sage, who has to duck his head when the moon is low, keeps dropping keys all night long for the beautiful, rowdy prisoners. If you have yet to listen to Volume 22, I invite you to engage the conversation I had with Bridget. These conversations take on a livelier life when I hear them again. I'm so grateful for my conversation partners and would love for you to recommend more to me. So drop me an email at joel at joelmorgan.com. And if you love this podcast, give it some love by going to joelmorgan.com backslash pay or Venmo me at Zeke-Flies. That's Z-E-K-E dash F-L-I-E-S and help to support the production of this podcast without commercials. Except this one, of course. This is a personal podcast. As I return back and listen, my conversation partners often reflect what was happening in my life at the time. And so it is with Bridget. When we recorded our conversation, I knew I was in a life renovation of sorts but had no idea what else was to come. So I'm going to call it what it is, the renovation I never wanted. Bridget shared about her life's renovation with the metaphor of being taken down to the studs, referring to stripping away everything, covering up the foundational pieces of one's life to reveal things hidden underneath, to find the foundational pieces to be able to rebuild again. Now, during a regular renovation, the demolition phase reveals the underlying challenges one will face in rebuilding. It often uncovers things hidden in walls or poorly built in the first place. Recently, a number of our friends completed bathroom renovations. Demolition revealed some unexpected and challenging issues while peeling the paint and the drywall and the wallpaper away. It revealed decaying cast iron plumbing and botched repair jobs by previous owners. In one case, a small water leak had rotted out most of the studs in one wall and part of the flooring. Not expected. Ugh. Now, not every renovation revelation is disastrous and construction delaying, however. One friend of ours discovered and uncovered a Twinkie hidden during his home's construction some 30 years before. Ultimately, he tried to sell it on eBay as an artifact. Most of the time, after seeing the delays, the frustration, and the added expense of home renovations, I think to myself, why would anyone do this willingly Uh, when it comes to our lives? We don't often choose to renovate. 
a relationship ending, a long-term fear manifesting, a job transition can trigger a demolition of sorts. And in these times, we don't usually uncover petrified Twinkies. We reveal working shadows, the demons tucked behind locked doors, our greatest fears and anxieties pop out or just come home to roost. And unlike a home reno where we must fix the issue to move forward, most people continue just to cover up these supposed defects, soldiering on, as we would say, marching forward, as we would say, showing our public face to everyone while we hide what's really going on and have this sense that everything is not right. We buy back into the lies that we had lived with, and we just keep going. With my choice to quit drinking a couple of years ago, I thought I had undergone the kind of being taken down to the studs to which Bridget referred. And yes, it was part of a life renovation, and like my friends and their houses, I chose this one. It wasn't forced on me. I made the decision. I thought I was on the rebuilding side of things in my conversation with Bridget. I'd learned so much about my gifts, my strengths, my tendencies to catastrophize, all of these things that were sort of hidden there but became much more apparent to me. But as it goes with the examined and well-lived life, work always needs to be done. And so not long after my conversation with Bridget, I left a role that I had held for 20 years, a full generation. The life renovation I was engaging told me it was time to move forward, or at least move on, so someone else could lead the organization to an even better place. I had done good work for a generation, and it was time. You know, I thought I would move on to another role or roles, continue my coaching and speaking work, and life would develop along, you know, sort of a well-manicured path. New opportunities, bright lights, big city. But as Antonio Machado writes, the path is made by walking. Soon I found myself in the wilderness again, uncharted territory, with no discernible landmarks. There was more demolition being done. Apparently, I needed to come face to face with the assumptions and expectations upon which I had built my life. The assumptions of what success is, what a good life is, what truly matters to me began to dissolve in front of me. I felt much darkness, frustration, anger, and confusion as the presuppositions about where I was supposed to be now in my life regarding money or status, significance, and ease began to reveal themselves as empty and unfulfilled. I thought I had been taken down to the studs previously, but clearly more needed to be stripped away. For weeks, I felt lost. I worked and I did my, my morning routines, which are the through line of my getting through difficult times. But I didn't know who I was anymore. The identity I thought I had so carefully crafted was melting away, and I was finding nothing underneath. The ground was shifting. 
the foundation I thought was in place crumbled away, leaving emptiness and purposelessness. Now I brought this into my daily practice of writing and meditation and working out. Daily, I sat with the darkness and the emptiness. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for my family. It wasn't fun for some of my friends, some of whom couldn't stop trying to make me feel better or make what I was going through about them somehow. And then one day, something came to me. Out of the darkness, I realized I felt empty because I expected to feel something different. I came face to face with one of the ideas I had bought into all these years. I needed to feel purpose or passion. It's an idea a lot of ink has been spilled on, especially in the personal development and coaching world, and I've probably said some of these things myself in the past. It was the water I had been swimming in, part of the air I had breathed for decades, and I realized that it had left me anxious and angry, fearful and empty. So what if that was what was being dismantled? What if it were my expectations and my ideas about purpose and passion that needed to be entirely deconstructed? For so long, I had sought to connect with my purpose, to feel that spark of passion for my work, because I thought that's what you were supposed to do in order to be successful. And when it didn't rise to the level I thought it should, and there's that word, should, I felt lacking. For years and years, I held expectations for myself and others that never materialized. This incongruity frustrated me and angered me, and I thought, I'm not getting these things because I'm not good enough, smart enough, fast enough. I buried the anger, sadness, frustration deep inside, but it often came out in other ways. And now, this was being revealed as empty, this expectation about everything. And out of the emptiness, out of the deconstruction, something came to me. A little phrase, four words. Expect nothing, accept everything. Expect nothing, meaning Stop having expectations. Stop thinking that what I'm going to do is going to get anything, going to move anything forward, going to make me feel a certain way, going to make somebody else feel a certain way, going to bring any kind of result back to me. Accept everything. Whatever happens, whatever comes, whatever thought, whatever feeling, whatever result, whatever outcome, just accept it. Stop labeling it good or bad, indifferent, frustrating or anger-producing. Expect nothing. Accept everything. To some, this will indicate giving up hope or giving up purpose because aren't we supposed to be pushing toward a goal and real accomplishment every day? Well, if that's the thought that you had, Maybe that's something for you to explore, because that's what I used to think. Others may recognize some Buddhist undertones in that phrase, and they're there. This motto or this mantra, it began to permit me to let go. It wasn't comfortable. 
It didn't feel good, but it began to allow me to release, permitted me to welcome everything, every feeling, every impulse, but not allow them to indicate how I was succeeding or failing, falling short. Began to understand more completely what I enjoyed and what I didn't. But I didn't let those things sway me so strongly anymore. Things I was good at and things I wasn't, I began to realize that even more. And I held them much more loosely. All of these simply became a welcomed part of my life's living and walking the uncharted path. A few weeks after this revelation and living in this way, I felt something stir inside of me. Because even with this, I had still felt quite empty. When this happened, I had just come off of a call with my new team. I had engaged them in some coaching questions. I hadn't planned to do it. It just came out naturally in our conversation. I realized the stirring in me was a bit of my spirit returning. Dispelling the darkness a bit. I accepted this feeling and gained the insight that this was something that did feed my spirit. That did encourage me to move forward. It was something that I was good at, and I accepted that feeling. And I didn't make too much of it. I didn't hold on to it, but I let it influence me in that moment. And I made some decisions from it. I decided that I needed to do more coaching, to walk more with people and teams, to help organizations build leadership and culture, to help others more and more with their mindset and self-mastery. Because this is the journey that I'm on, and there are many things to share Not so that I can tell people what to do, but so that I can walk alongside of people and hold space for them and ask hard and good open-ended questions so that they can come to the kind of understandings, so that they can have the renovations and the rebuildings and walk the path in a new and better way for themselves and for their organizations and for our world. And so as I walk this path with this renewed perspective, this poem from Mary Oliver came to me. It's called The Journey. One day, you finally knew what you had to do and began. Though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles, mend my life, each voice cried. But you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do. Though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible, it was already late enough and a wild night and the road full of fallen branches and stones. But little by little, as you left their voices behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds and there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, 
that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life you could save. This was a renovation I never wanted. Expect nothing. Accept everything. But it was a renovation I desperately needed. Not building a house anymore. I'm walking a path. Thanks, Bridget. And thank you for listening to Volume 22A of Dropping Keys. You can find me at joelmorgan.com or at joelmorgancc on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at Joel Robert Morgan on LinkedIn. You can find my book every single day on my website or at Amazon. Drop me a note if this podcast connected with you or if you have other conversation partners you'd like to send my way, joel at joelmorgan.com. May the sage drop the key to unlock the cage in which you find yourself. Until next time, everybody.